everything be cl cleansed with blood, and without the, the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. That was Hebrews 9.22. How many of y'all, uh, gentlemen, went through at some point in your upbringing in the church song leading class? I see a few. You know, we're kind of blessed here at West Ark. We have a lot of churches, we have a lot of song leaders. Uh, but still, even still, sometimes we have a need of a song leader. But growing up in a smaller church and having worked in some smaller churches... A lot of times there was a need for song leaders, and the only way you could get them was to grow them or train them or teach them. And so in many churches, there would be a time where you separated the men and the, the boys and the girls, and the boys would go into song leading class. Uh, sometimes we called it Timothy class or something like that. And so we would learn how to lead singing. We'd learn, you know, four, four time, two, three, four, three, four time, one, two, three, uh, two, four time, one, two, one, two. There was that five, six time, which I don't know. Uh, and uh, we even had a song leader in, in uh, Bentonville, and he did, I called it squid time or the flashing sign. It was this. <laughs> but song leaders had to be taught, and they had to be grown. And one of the songs that I think almost every song leading class I was ever involved with was this song, Nothing But the Blood. Why? Because it's nice 4-4 four, four time, and it starts out with four quarter notes. And you pretty much know everything I learned in song leading class right there. But it would start out, and so we would learn to sing. And then on a Wednesday night or a Sunday night, all the 10, 11, 12-year-old boys would be lined up, and we would sing nothing but the blood, and we would be so far off by the time it was over with that everybody would be laughing. But it was a training program, and I think that's important. And, and I love seeing our kids involved in stuff. I love it on Sunday morning when we do communion, and I love seeing the dads take their sons and, and have them help do that and learn that. I think it's important. That's, that's why I try to bribe Landon into coming up and, and reading Scripture when I get him to. I think it's important that they learn that. And, and, and nothing but the blood, the cool thing about that was it has that bird's eye. I don't know there's a technical name for that. But it's that little, and, and that means the song leader has some power. That's what I was always told. Because, man, you can make them hang on that one, you know. But the blood, you can hear, why snow, snow. And, and you can hold that. The song leader has a discretion. And if he wants to find out who all's got good lungs, he can hold it for a while. If the preacher's run over, he can whip right through it. You got that power. So that's what I always learned that little bird's eye was, was meant that the song leader had some power. So, um Future song leaders, there's your lesson. But as simple as the song, Nothing But the Blood, is, the message is extremely powerful. And, and that's what I want us to look at today as we look at this song. The writer of the song is Robert Lowry. He was uh, born in 1826. He died in 1899. Uh, he wrote a number of gospel songs that we sing. Um, he was a graduate of Bucknell University, actually before it was Bucknell University. Uh, he was a professor there of uh, Bell's Letters. Um, he wrote songs with Ann Hall, Fanny Crosby. Um, those names, if you'll look through the songbook, you'll see a lot of songs um, that they wrote. And so 
a group that he was a part of, not really a formal group, but there were several of them that really changed um, songs in churches, how we sang songs, and, and starting at that time period. And so he was one of those that wrote a lot of songs. Um, some of the songs that he wrote, he wrote the music were Marching on to Zion. Uh, he wrote Royal Diadem. Uh, one of his biggest uh, songs that he was most known for was Shall We Gather at the River. Uh, he wrote Christ Arose. He was also a very talented preacher, and he actually wished to be known for his preaching rather than his song um, lead, his songwriting. And he was also a good administrator and, and put in a lot of time at Bucknell University. This song was written as a question response or a call response. Um, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And I have even heard it sang a few times where like the men would sing one part and the women would answer or the women would sing one part and the men would answer. And it's kind of neat uh, doing the song that way. And once again, it's almost kind of like a cheerleading style. You know, if you remember, uh, you know, Benville Tigers, Benville growing up or, you know, whatever school you went to. But it kind of has that kind of, of response, uh, call response. As simple as it is, once again, it preaches a sermon. And uh, the biblical theme for the song is Hebrews 9.22 that uh, Landon read for us. Without no shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Growing up, I don't think I had a problem understanding that Jesus shed his blood. I understood that that blood cleansed us, and I understood that, that Jesus had to die for our sins. But there was an element of that that I don't think I really understood, and that's what I want us to look at today. Um, we look back into Jewish uh, history, and we see that the shedding of blood was important. Uh, when Moses uh, came down, he, he used the blood to, um, to cleanse the, the uh, different things. And the blood represented death, and it was, death, death was necessary. Other biblical reference in this song um, is Isaiah 118. And uh, when Isaiah said that your sins may be as scarlet, but he will make them as white as snow. Now, if you notice, the wording of that was changed by some of the uh, songwriter, song hymn, hymn guys, whatever they're called. Uh, they changed it to bright as snow. Uh, but that is the other uh, scriptural reference in this song. It's very pointed. Um, nothing but the blood of Jesus is mentioned 12 times if you sing the song through all the way. And the themes through this song are of pardon, of cleansing, of atonement, and righteousness. Now, I mentioned last week that what we were going to try to do today was kind of learn a little bit about what went on in the mind of, of the Israelites as they did sacrifices uh, and maybe what the mindset was uh, when Jesus uh, walked upon the earth as far as in relation to sacrifices. We've watered down the word sacrifice a lot today. We do that a lot with, with words. You know, we might say something like, I was wanting shrimp, and I was going to go to Red Lobster, but I sacrificed, and I went to Long John Silver's instead. Or we might really sacrifice because we might have wanted that new Ford with that uh, 
in uh, that high-grade aluminum body, but we settled for the, but we sacrificed and went with the Chevrolet instead. We've watered down that word. Military families, missionaries, understand sacrifice. A lot of us, others of us, really don't understand sacrifice in the way that they do. Sacrifice has a deeper meaning in ancient culture than what it means to us a lot of times today. Part of the theology behind sacrifice is that the person who's making the sacrifice, they're the person that's being the sacrifice is for, will see the price that was paid. Any of you ever saw the movie Saving Private Ryan? The beginning of that movie, there's an older gentleman, and he is at the, the memorial in, in Normandy, and he's up at a headstone. And he looks down with his family, tears in his eyes, and he said, I tried. I tried the best I could. And then the movie goes out, and we see that the story of the movie is his brothers have all been killed, and he is the only surviving member of his family. And the army doesn't want him dying in battle. And so they send out a group to go find Private Ryan and get him back home. And in the process of doing that, several men sacrifice their lives. And toward the end of the movie, the captain that was in charge of this group is near death, and he looks at Private Ryan, and he grabs him, and he says, earn it. Earn it. And so the response then that Private Ryan is giving that he tried to earn it, okay? He tried to earn that sacrifice. And I think what the, the writers of the, of the movie were wanting was for us to look at that and see the sacrifice that our men and women who serve in the military have made for our freedom. If we can kind of understand that idea of sacrifice Maybe it'll make a little more sense about, the, about what Jesus had to suffer. Back in the time of the Old Testament, they could have taken a goat or a bull and said, all right, I sinned, and I'm bringing it up here, and I'm going to give you this bull. He's without blemish. And they could have taken that bull, and they could have gone out in the market, and they could have sold it, and that money could have gone to the... Uh, Treasury, and they could have used that money to do whatever they would have done for. The person would still have lost, would have given up the bull, would have given up the goat, would have given up the doves, whatever it was that was to be sacrificed. But the impact would not have been the same. Knowing that that animal would have to die because of the sin that they had committed was meant to be something that they would see and would be a deterrent, would make them not want to do that because something else would have to suffer. So part of the answer of why did Jesus have to suffer the way he did? Why did he have to take that punishment? Why did he have to go through uh, what he went through, the, all the things that we read about that happened at Calvary, the cruel death on the cross, that happened because of the fact of our sin, okay? Had he just had an easy death, 
it might not have had the impact. And if we look in Acts chapter 2, and we see that on the day of Pentecost, when, when, when Peter preached that sermon, and he looked out and he said, because of what you did, not Rome, not the religious leaders, because of what you did, this is what happened to Jesus. Then we may understand that response because they saw and they hurt in their heart because they realized that they too had had a part in killing Jesus. And so one of the things I want us to understand as we look at this song, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That blood is important. The shedding of that blood, that death, is so that we, and we do it every week when we take communion, we remember that. We remember that blood. Um, one of the things that, as we look back at, at, at the Old Testament, it was kind of a foreshadowing of what was to come. This idea of sacrifice of the blood of goats and the blood of doves and the blood of whatever they had to sacrifice was a foreshadow of Jesus' death. But because if we read through Hebrews, we see that those are earthly things. And earthly things did not have the power to do what Jesus did. Because Jesus came from heaven, his blood was able to do the thing that that other blood could not do. His death was able to one time atone for all of our sins. And I think that sometimes we need to understand the sacrifice has been done. You know, I've heard people say, you know, we need to, to give back to the church so that it is sacrifice. I'm not real comfortable with that because the sacrifice has already been done, okay? We should do that. We're obligated to do that, and there's a reason that we do that. But we can't sacrifice. That sacrifice has already been made for our part. The reason that I want to bring that I wanted to talk about that because one of the contributors in one of the things I was reading about the story nothing but the blood talked about that more modern songwriters and composers have wanted to move away from talking about things like blood because it's too gory because it's kind of yucky you know who wants to talk about blood and guts and dying and stuff like that and so he talked about how a lot of things people now will use grace. We'll talk about grace as a way to kind of soften that. And yes, the blood of Jesus does bring forth the grace that saves us. But my concern is if we take away looking at the blood, if we take away looking at the sacrifice that Jesus made, we'll lose that part of the deterrent that we don't want that to have to happen that the reason that he went through that was because of what we did and that we need to not do that anymore um, the blood of Jesus the death of Jesus is a reminder uh, that sin is dirty. It is evil that lives in all of us. Um, 
And sometimes, you know, I think, well, that person's not. But we all have, it just takes a little to separate us from God. And the blood of Jesus is what reunites us back with that. Um, Jesus' cruel, painful death on the cross enduring the time the separation from his father helps us to realize how sin, how significant sin is. And the simple but brilliant, elegant message of nothing but the blood of Jesus is how precious is the flow and what it does for us. Next week, um, I hope you come back with us because next week, uh, we're going to look at one of my uh, favorite songs and a song that was uh, a song leader when I was growing up and, and a guy that was uh, a big influence on me. Um, the name of the song is Love Lifted Me. And I think it's a very powerful song, uh, much like this one. And, and I'm going to be a little brutally honest next week. And so I hope that you come back uh, because um, I think... Uh, I think that it will be a, a, a good lesson for us. Once again, we're here tonight, and anytime we come together and we uh, we study a little bit of uh, of uh, God's word, we also want to make an opportunity for anybody that has a need to come forward. Blood of Jesus cleanses us, and there's a simple way that we come in contact with that blood. And that is through baptism. When we go down into that water, we literally take part in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Somebody here has a desire to do that tonight, we would glad to help you do that. If anybody has a need uh, that needs prayer, um, Chris talked about this morning, we want to pray. And we want to pray for each other. Also, if you're unable to partake of the uh, Lord's Supper, this morning uh, that opportunity is available as well um, if you'll go to room 100 and it's uh, right back here and, and as you're walking that way to your right if there's any need that we can make i ask that you come while together we stand and while we sing